This is the Advanced Selling Podcast 2006 presented by Caskey Achievement Strategies. Well, welcome back, everybody. The Advanced Selling Podcast. We're glad to have you again. Hope you're having a great winter. My name is Brian Neal. If you don't know me, it's my good friend across the table. Wild Bill. Wild Bill Caskey. Wild Bill. Bill has his uh, cowboy boots on today. He's got his uh, big belt buckle, and he's ready to go, y'all. 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 You like country music. I do like country music. You just came back from Branson, Missouri, didn't you? I was in Branson, Missouri. It's uh, not the home of country music, but it's the home of X. Country music you stars. Watched <laughs> no, it's it's beautiful. It's actually real. I've, I've never been. I've heard it's awesome. Oh. Heard it's awesome. Um, we had a client. In fact, we're going to talk about them in a minute. They had, had us yep. down for a uh, half day program, and we stayed right on uh, right at uh, Table Rock Lake, which is down there in the Ozarks. It's just and it was minus ten when I left Indianapolis, and sixty eight when I got to Branson. So it was just gorgeous. That's great. Did you see? You didn't see any. Um, shows or anything did you didn't see any shows i saw a lady at the airport who looked like she could have been at one time <laughs> a performer a performer and she looked like she had been a performer in a rough sort of way her name was I mean. lola she was a showgirl <laughs> kind of like that the copacabana woman <laughs> well welcome this is the advanced selling podcast we're here just about every week talking about sales strategies, sales tips, things that can make your life a little better if you are a salesperson or if you have a business that relies on sales or revenue um, to pay its bills, which I'm sure most businesses do. I do. Um, You can get a hold of us a couple of different ways. Uh, You can find us at BillKaskey.com, B-I-L-L-Kaskey, C-A-S-K-E-Y.com. Or you can email us too, right, Uh, at listener at advancedsellingpodcast.com. We're starting to get more and more... Uh, feedback from our we listeners, are. and I've noticed a trend that we have a lot of listeners in Australia. Good night, mate. And f- we, well, I was hoping you wouldn't do the invitation. <laughs> Sorry, it's probably not. Probably <laughs> they're all, hang them all. Up. They're all gone now. <laughs> Freaking yank! But we've uh, started to get a lot more uh, product orders and uh, subscribers from Australia, and so I don't know what's going on down there. They just maybe get this podcast thing better than other people around the world do. But uh, so we welcome all of the people in Australia and. Uh, you know who you are. Yeah, if you want to email us or call us, maybe we can come down and do a show down there. That would be a lot be of fun. Good. Do a meetup. We'll do a meetup meet in uh, Sydney. Meetup will be good. Uh, also, maybe because uh, we're going to talk about a topic that came out of your trip to Branson, and I think we need to give a shout out to our good friend. We don't like to name names without people's permission, so we're yeah, going to say right. GB. Yeah, GB. GB knows who he is. He works for a uh, very respectable company. Uh, brought us in to do some work for them. Has been a long time listener and a good friend of ours. So we say shout out to Mister. GB and Mr. GB had a great story. He did um, about he was listening to the podcast uh, and he was on his way to a call. Mm-hmm. And one of the things we talked about a few weeks ago uh, was how do you get around and past uh, a purchasing agent. Mm-hmm. And he was actually going in to see the purchasing agent on the way to the call. He heard the podcast and he had one of his guys with him. He's a, a district manager, a district leader. And he said, uh, "John, we're going to try what Brian and Bill talked about." And they tried it. And it actually worked. Oh, my God. <laughs> they, act, they got a meeting with the uh, president of the company, the VP of sales and the VP of marketing, based on one little thing that they said to the purchasing agent. Wow. Uh, and so, uh, you know, sometimes the stuff works. I mean, rarely. But Amazingly. Thank you. Thanks, GB, for trying it and telling me that story. It's good. Amazing. So we thought we would take something that uh, you did down in Branson, and we, we use it as our topic today. We want to make it real applicable for people. And we're just going to go through, I guess, for lack of a better word, we're going to call these scenarios, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, when the prospect says dot, 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 what do we say? Uh, I used to do a, a program for a couple of my clients where I did a actual a book, a documented book that said, they say, we say. When they say, uh, 
what is our response to that? And that's really kind of what today's show is all about. So, so let's take let's just take a couple of these. Uh, one was what if you're and most of the people that these folks were calling on already had a vendor of record yeah. in this category, and, and so maybe you're in that place, maybe you're not. But if you are, what do you say when the prospect says, "I'm already working with X competitor"? And I'm pretty happy with them. Yeah, interesting. Um, we've given some advice to some of our clients, uh, or I have at least, um, um, to, to head that off. If you begin to hear that a lot, I think it's important that you start to change your approach. If you're hearing it over and over yeah. and over, that's telling you, okay, this is some me- mechanized auto response people have. What we then teach them to do is to say, if they're hearing that a lot, to say, look, I talk to a lot of people every day in your business. What I find is, by and large, when I meet new people, for the most part, almost everybody tells me they're pretty happy with who they're using or talking to or mm-hmm. using or working with, whatnot. This is before they say this it? This is before they say okay. it. So okay. I, before it even before you even get to say I'm So really, you head it off. You yes. preempt it. All right. I say, look, Bill, you and I have never spoken. Let me tell you why I'm calling and also tell you that um, in all the people that I talk to on a daily basis in our business, most people are really happy with who they're using already. Um, my purpose here is just to reach out, build some awareness around what we do. If there are problems, things you want to chat about, I'm here to talk about those. And if now's a bad time or you're just not open to it, then I'll just move on to the next. Mm-hmm. Something like that, to, like to, that to start off with. So so if you don't do that, though, and, yep. and it comes up, yep. the, the advice I gave, I'm not sure if it's good advice or not, but I said you, you cannot believe that they're happy uh, because people are not going to tell you they have huge problems with a competitor first call, two minutes into the sales call. You've, you don't have enough rapport for them no. to tell you that up front. Yep. So what I suggested is is this idea that what pe- what prospects say and what prospects mean are different. So just because someone says, I'm happy with my current vendor, doesn't mean they are. You have to get beneath that and behind it. Mm-hmm. First off, you'd acknowledge it by saying, kind of similar to what you said, is this is, this is not unusual. I mean, this mm-hmm. is typically what I hear. I call on people uh, 500 times a year, and most people are pretty happy. So tell me a little bit about that. I mean, tell me what are some of the things you're happy about. Not if they could do one thing better, what would it be? Because now you start to sound like a salesperson. And I actually used to use that move, but I don't like it anymore because that, that plays into the stereotype of this of this convincing, persuading salesperson. Yeah. But you just need to get behind it. Find out if there's anything beneath that. Because what happens is, and as I, as I gave them this, a couple of guys started shaking their heads because they've seen it happen. The, the prospect starts to realize they may not have any back, uh, any data to conclude why they're happy or not. Right. And so then what happens is they start talking and say, well, you know, they're pretty good at, but, you know, they could be better, a little bit better at this. And come to think of it, our sales really haven't grown a lot in the last year. And by the way, come to think of it something else, you'll start to hear them tell you what their problems are. Yeah. But if you take it at stock value, I'm happy with my current supplier, and you try to fight them on it, Yep. bad, bad deal, bad yep. move. And if you start to sell, they're responding to you that way because they sense you're a salesperson. If you start to behave like one right then, you've just confirmed in their head that you yeah, are, and you're out the door even faster. That's true. Let's out pick another one faster. here. Okay. What else do you have one that... Uh... Oh, there's so many good ones. Um, let's see here. Page and page and page. Um, I got one here. Yeah, please. How do, you, how do you keep the process moving? Uh, these guys struggled a little bit because it is somewhat of a complex sale, and many times what what professional salespeople are trying to do is to unseat a current situation mm-hmm. and reseat it with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're not doing that, then again, this is not, not going to apply necessarily, although maybe their current situation is doing nothing. So that would be your competitor is kind of that phantom competitor. Yep. Um, but I said there's two reasons that deals stall, basically. Number one is you haven't found the problem 
there's no compelling reason for that prospect to not only change and buy from you, but to even sustain the process. Yep. So if you've not found the pain, you can't expect them to go any further. And the more you try to hammer them to go further and keep the process going, the more you're going to turn them off. So uh, I really, you can't blame some of that on the prospect. You have to look at inside your own mirror and say, what have I not found out yet? And the second thing is, these guys, I, I asked them a question, and the question was, what is your current sales process? Mm-hmm. And this is a, a fairly good-sized company and very <laughs> respectable, and they really didn't have a sales process. They had, they had some components to it, but I think if you can't tell the prospect what your procedure is for determining whether you can help them or not, then how would you expect them to follow it? Yeah, right, right. In, in, the, on the, in the more tactical side of that, too, I think it's important that we – um, be sure that when we're the theme all the way through our sales process, we've got to be sure that we stick to this theme of giving people an out of making it okay for them to say, look, if, if we get to any point in the process, beginning, middle or end, that the prospect starts to feel that this isn't in their best interest or I'm not the best solution, that we have the agreement that we're open enough to tell each other that and move on down the road. What I feel some, some people do, even our clients do this to a, to a degree is they they can they can do a decent job starting that way and creating that air of out, but then they lose it as they get into the process because they get so bought into the thing they don't want to let it go either. So they don't want to say anything during the process that might ruffle feathers or might screw the deal up or stop it at any point. That theme's got to be all the way through there. Um, and if we start to feel that uh, stall, that s- slow down, that sort of thing, I think we've got to be really really um, uh, forthright in, in calling that out. Yeah. So that's good because that. That's good because that came up too is that it's easy to be detached early in the process. It's harder to be that way later in the process. Yeah. And your, your point is that you always are detached. And if you start always. to feel like it's going sideways, you have to call it out and say, is this going sideways? And not pretend like it's not going sideways. Yep. Can I pick one? Pick one. Because it, it applies to a couple of my clients, and so I want to get your take on it. Um, and that is when we're in a competitive situation – and for whatever reason, be it uh, you know product features or aesthetics or subju- sub- some sort of subjective measurement, even if our salesperson does a great job of, of following what we teach and finds the pain and discusses economics, in the end they get stuck because the buyer still says, you know, I'm just having a tough time deciding. I just can't pick between you and them. I had a client call me and ask me, what do I do? And he was looking for some magic, I think, like a magic thing that I can say or or, or do to, to push that person over the edge. And I really hesitated to give him anything like that. One, because I didn't, couldn't think of anything. But two, because I felt if you, d- if you start to do that, you fall into that trap of starting to, to apply pressure. Yeah. Um, so what I suggested that he do, and then I'd like to get your take on how you would handle that, is to say, um, essentially, you know, when, when, when we get down to this point, you're going to look at the two alternatives. And in your heart of hearts and your gut, you're going to know which one's right for you. And I would suggest you listen to that intuition and pick that one. Whether it's me or not me or them is inconsequential. What's important is that intuitively you know which one is the best and, and, and rely on So that. what if he doesn't what, – what if there, it really is a toss-up, though? And, and I, I totally agree that 99% of the time or 90% of the time there is an intu- intuitive instinct. But what if, what if you have the best product – but someone else has the has the brand reputation. Maybe you're a newcomer to your to your market, and they've been doing business with someone for a long time. So it's sort of a known quantity. But you've mm-hmm. got a better product, and it mm-hmm. really is kind of a. It's not even equal equal. It's just 
I like my current vendor, but I also like you. But it, I get to me that I, I put the question back to you is it, it, what does better mean? Better is a very subjective term. It's better in what way? It's better. How does it, one of the other approaches we, we talk with this particular client, uh, JN, we'll shout out to JN too, JN, across yeah. the pond. He's in the UK. Um, uh, one of the other approaches we took there was, well, what, what is your criteria? When you look at the criteria that you're looking at, What's number one, number two, and where do we stack up in that criteria? So if number the number one criteria is on-time delivery, yeah. where do I fit next to the other person? And then start to look at it perhaps that way, mm-hmm. a little bit differently. That's hard. That's it's really very tough hard. Because then you get into a really a feature, feature comparison, and uh, it's not where we want to be. But if it happens to you, then you have to – and I like what you say is you, you need to pick, and, and don't take my feelings into account, you have to pick which one you think is going to be best for your business. Yeah. And by saying that, you sort of free him to pick you, too. I also think you stand out then. And you stand out. Because I suspect the, other com- guy doing? the competitor's going, oh, let me tell you why you should pick us. Blah, 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 blah. They say, that's what I thought. I'm picking the other guy. Guarantee. He's not saying, uh, I don't care. You probably pick whichever not. one. Probably not. Do we have, uh, we probably have time for one more. Do we? Quick one? Quickie? Yeah, we got uh, Rapid minutes. fire round? Jim Kramer? Here's one. Uh, yep. and, and this is kind of the one that... Uh, uh, our client said that he was on his way to this uh, customer and oh, yeah, he heard us good. talk about it. And, and I don't know if – I can't really remember talking about it, although we must have because I don't think GB lies. No, he, he no, he, he would know. He uh, listens yeah, intently. Yeah, he's, he's an intense very guy. In, in, How do I get past the purchasing agent? Yep. So if, if part of my procedure is to go in to talk to this purchasing person, and you know what they're measured on. They're usually measured on some form of cost. Yep. That's their metric. Yep. Um, and if you're if you're not the low cost provider, if you are, maybe that's all you need to do. But if we're if we're consulting with your high cost competitor, we're going to say, don't worry about the purchasing agent alone. Go see other people. Go mm-hmm. see the users. And um, w- one thing he did was he was he was in this call and he said, Mr. Purchasing Agent. I think he probably didn't say that. He probably probably not. Name, but that would have been a very nice <laughs> informal <laughs> or very formal. <laughs> Very casual. So, Mr. Purchasing yeah. Agent. Mr. Purchasing Agent. Which, is it okay if I call you Mr. So, Mr. Turkey agent. Neck. <laughs> yeah, that's beautiful. Did you see that commercial? I love that commercial. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Eileen, what do you think? <laughs> Harry? <laughs> <laughs> that was gorgeous. <laughs> that was wonderful. Anyway, so uh, what, what our client said was, look, we have a process that will help us determine whether – we can really help you or not. We can talk about price and we can quote you, but the real value in what we do is not the price you pay, it's in all the other things around it. And so in order to do that, we've created a process by which we can tell. And that process requires us to talk to a couple of other people inside your organization. Mr. Prospect, Mr. Purchasing Agent, you may not want to do that. You may not feel comfortable. And I want to acknowledge that if you don't want to do that, that's totally okay. It's just that we probably won't be able to go any further. Very good. And he said the purchasing agent looked right at him and said, I'm all, I'm all ears. I want to do what's best for our company. Who else do you want to talk to? Mm-hmm. And he gave the, her, him the names. He set it up. In fact, while they were there that day, they went down and talked. So, But to me, that w- wasn't about fighting the purchasing agent on getting around him or her. It was about just being committed to your process. Yeah, and that's what it has to be. You have to make that part of your process. Uh, you have to say – Anytime you interface with anybody, forget the levels. Forget CEO, CFO, yeah. purchasing agent, assistant, all that jazz. Just they're all just people who each have a different perspective of the pain in the prospect. Yeah. And that's what you're after. You're after everyone's perspective, and you're going to put it all around. We've got to. 
leave the niceties out of the room or I don't want to hurt their feelings or make them mad if I go no. around them or yeah. over their head. If you're thinking that, they're going to be defensive. If you're very open, tell them, here's what I'm really just focused on, your company's problems and challenges, and I need everyone's perspective to fix them. Usually including yours, well. including, including yours. yours. Yeah, because yeah. a purchasing person can bring a good perspective because not only do they know pricing, but they also know probably lead times and fill rates, and they know all mm-hmm. the other statistics around it that may be in your favor. So mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's kind of like uh, this idea of getting past the secretary or getting past the gatekeeper. To me, it's not about getting past them. It's about knowing where they fit in the overall scheme of things. Right. And they're there, and if you if you just look at them as someone to get past, you're probably going to offend them. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. Good work today. You can uh, Excellent. contact us at Learner. I'm sorry, Listener. Listener or Learner. <laughs> that wouldn't be bad. <laughs> learner would be good. Listener at AdvancedSellingPodcast.com. We uh, encourage you to comment. Uh, we've got a couple over the last few weeks. You folks from uh, Europe and all over the globe, Australia. let us know you're listening. Yeah, Australia. Please in Branson, Missouri, and uh, we will be back next week. Very good. See ya. This has been the Advanced Selling Podcast, presented by Caskey Achievement Strategies, Indianapolis. Join us each time we record a new podcast by going to BillCaskey.com or to iTunes.